Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, uh, we're going to talk the bad first. Uh, we're recording this, obviously, on Sunday. Show drops free on Monday, which means we're recording it at the very end of uh, Missouri men's basketball's horrible loss to Jackson State. Um, we're going to recap that. We're going to talk about the Minnesota game as well, although that kind of just feels insignificant uh, at this point. And then we have some football stuff, a little bit, lot more positive uh, on that regard. Um, we had the first flip-miss case for Eli Drinkwitz, uh, and then Mizzou moved up to number 10 in the AP and coaches poll. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, some more general stuff as well. We had the board of curators announcement. Um, Kenny's got some salary stuff to talk about with, uh, uh, with Mizzou's football coaching staff. And then uh, we have recruiting trail stuff as well with Eli Drinkwitz in addition to the flip miss stuff. Um, and then we'll end with quick hits. Got Ken Sports Shorts, Best Beats of the Week, Dirty Birds of the Weekend, and our Broad rankings we'll put on a, a brave face for that part to uh, still make it fun despite mizzou men's basketball and we'll finish with the ratio um so great show to dive into and it's all presented by bet online the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling and college basketball is ready to go as well bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests nfl college football ufc and nhl are all in full swing and bet online is your number one source for raging, waging uh, news, odds, and trends, and predictions. Uh, we'll have uh, our best beats of the week, as we always do. Sicko bet. Get all those lines from Bet Online. So all the hoops betting action, along with every sport available, right at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. So head to Bet Online today, and remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V. Believe for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the unwritten rule starts right. Attention, everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Monday, November 20th, and me and Peyton were very excited to share our, um, you know, experience of Mizzou men's basketball going to Minnesota uh, on the road, getting a, a wild win after a 31 to nine comeback after being down 20. Uh, but that feels obsolete at this point because then the Tigers went out and uh, had an absolute stinker on Sunday and lost 73, 72 to, uh, Oh, and five now one and five Jackson state. Um, this team, Kenny and Peyton has lost to Memphis just as Mizzou has San Diego, California, Baptist, Loyola, Marymount and Tulsa. Um, by I believe Peyton said it before we are on air by a combined like 18 or like averaging losses by like 18 points. Um, yeah, this is really, really bad. We're recording here just before we are just after the game. So it's pretty fresh um, and it's kind of stolen the headline for all of the wrong reasons, because, you know, we talked. So we talked with Drew King, you know, we still felt like he had still felt. And I think we had still felt that this team um was was gonna be pretty good still Mizzou at least and this feels like the lowest of the low I know in 2019 when we started college they lost to Charleston Southern that was really bad there was the UMKC loss I believe that one was in 2021 or 2022 if I'm not mistaken um this feels on par if not worse and I know 
you don't ever want to overreact to the fourth game of the non-conference. But honestly, I do want to overreact here because this was a, a putrid game to lose, not a game I don't think anyone was expecting to lose and an embarrassing performance uh, to see from a team that hit all the heights last year. Your boys's, your boys' thoughts. Uh, well, it's it, <laughs> needless to say, it, it doesn't get much worse than that. Um, look, I knew going into this year, it, it really did feel like, okay, this is probably going to be Dennis's. This is going to be a transition. Year. You don't lose two NBA players. Um, and really the best candidate to replace both, both of them, whether we want to admit it or not, was Isaiah Mosley. He didn't come back. Um, so it was always going to be kind of like interesting to see. I think we know now, I mean, this is going to be a transition year to end all transition years. Even in your down years, this is a team you should beat a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, I hated that the broadcast kept saying like, they're the best 0-5 team in the nation. They're the best 0-5 team in the nation. I hated that Dennis Gates said it in the post game. It, it, it was not a team you should ever lose to. And Mizzou, I mean, they played with fire all night and they got burned. Um, there's just no other way around it. I really don't, don't think anyone played a complete good game. Uh, there were moments, but end of the day, you just lost to a really, really, really bad team. Probably just killed your chances of making the tournament. I mean, that's just – it would take – a turnaround to end all turnarounds to kind of reverse that trend. Yeah. Jack mentioned um, where Jackson state has kind of come from uh, in, in this last week, uh, three games in the past week for Jackson state. The funny thing about it, Jackson state hasn't played a game at home yet um, on the road against Memphis, 94, 77, San Diego on the road, 87, 61, um, California Baptist, 80 to 66, LMU, 88 to 66, Tulsa, 72, 52, just ridiculous that this team just gets blown out by all these schools, schools that the Tigers at power five programs should be blowing out. And uh, interesting enough, they've also played Memphis this season, but we talk about this team, this Jackson state team having a pretty busy week with three games in the last seven days. And in the post game, uh, Jackson state's representative in the interview mentioned that they practiced full throttle yesterday. They didn't take yesterday off. And they're coming into this game. It looks like gas. They played a better, more physical contest than Tigers did, than the Missouri Tigers did. And it was obvious. Uh, we saw some offensive fouls that Jackson State was drawing. That I mean, it just it didn't feel like Mizzou was out there. Um, it didn't feel like Dennis Gates' team when you look at what last year was coming into last year and how they can overcome certain you know slow starts and teams like Jackson State and nothing was put together down the stretch. Yeah, and you mentioned the home game. This team doesn't play a home game until January 6th. All of their non-conference games are on the road. Um, they, you know, it, it it is what it is. Like, you make this joke about uh, in football all the time, so I, you can say this, like, football where you have, like, I think it was Troy and LSU that one year where you paid Troy to be your homecoming game and you lost. Um, they, I mean, that's what these teams are doing with Jackson State. I think they play, like, Houston uh Gonzaga maybe they're I mean they, they're a team that like these good programs kind of pay as like a tune-up game and a chance to uh and a chance to kind of get you know 
to get better. Oh yeah, sorry, they do have a game December sixteenth at Howard or versus Howard at home. But all of their like, it's just inexcusable. It's so frustrating, and I, I don't think it's ever been fair. I know you really have no, like nothing else to pull from. I don't think it's ever been fair to compare this team to last year because of what they lost. But you know, I think Peyton said it in the text like we didn't think Mizzou would bottom out like this, and it's it, it negates everything that you had go well for you the momentum you got from that grill ejection to the turnaround that we saw in Minnesota. And we can touch on that game, but you've taken a complete tailspin after that. Like, it's great that that we saw that team rally together, but it doesn't matter when you go to a Sunday game at home. I know there's not very many fans there. Students are going home on Thanksgiving break. It's a Sunday afternoon game. It's a weird time, but you've got to show up for those games, plain and simple. And that's all Mizzou needed to do today to win this game. And they didn't do it. And there is a lot of questions uh, and, and we can get into a couple of specifics here with like Peyton said, no one could play a complete game. Um, but there's a lot of questions this team has to answer Peyton. I, I'll turn to you with that. Like the sp- for the specifics you saw that, that allowed this to happen. I'm not even sure I'd call them questions. I think we got a lot of answers today to be quite honest with you. Um, what, I mean, one thing that, we were kind of interested to see coming into the year was how this kind of rotation shapes out with so many new faces. Um, 13 players play today. It's just too many players at this point. I mean, we're just running out nonsensical lineups right now. I mean, that, that I mean, there was a long stretch where Carolero and Shaw were on the floor at the same time. There's just, those two are not threats to score right now. That's just simply what it is. I know Carolero hit a three today. It, it, that's once in a blue moon. I think that was his first bucket of the year. Um, and Shaw, Shaw has done some good things. I think he's definitely improved defensively. Um, but I mean, he still is struggling to get boards consistently. He still doesn't have much of a game on offense right now. He's definitely the project that we kind of were thinking he might be. He's going to need some time. And he's just not there right now. And you cannot run lineups that feature him in Carolero. Um John Tanjay, I know he's dealing with an injury uh, or was earlier in the year. I'd have to assume that's still the case since he started and only played seven minutes. Connor Vanover started and only played three minutes. You probably just got to take him out right now because, my goodness, I mean, he was, like, just not closing out threes early on in the game, and it it burned them. Um, There's just too many cooks in the kitchen right now, Um, and I think Dennis needs to just find his best eight or nine and that's just got to be it. I mean, you want to get the the playing time for the freshmen too, but maybe sometimes they just shouldn't play. Uh, it, it, it There's just too much going on on the court right now, I think. It's time to just hunker down, be find your best eight or nine and see what can, can happen. And you'd hope that coming into these non-conference games too, that the starters, the regulars, the more experienced guys are having better games, offering you those minutes – to give those freshmen a look. I mean, some of these freshmen might not be, you know, getting as many minutes when it comes down to it in SEC play. Um, but at this point, I mean, we don't really know where this, the Tigers trajectory is, if there really is a big one this year. And we talked about it before as well with the three pointers that Dennis likes, you know, if, if it's not falling, keep shooting until it falls, you know, get into the rhythm. There were some just really poor three point shots um, in this game. Uh, I, I mentioned this with Peyton right before we started this at Nick Honor had a big and one that he pulled um, there in like the final four minutes. 
uh, he comes back on on the next offensive possession and just airballs a step back three. And, and Nick Garner does great finding space. He is a smaller guy. He is a guard and um, he's not the biggest guy on the floor, but he can, he can create space, especially with those step backs. And it was just poor shot selection, especially when you're playing such a tight game against Jackson state, you know, it'd be huge. I mean, a tone setting shot, if he makes it didn't even touch the rim. And that, that's where it kind of just kind of some head scratching shots. It was some guys, you know, almost wanted to be the hero and take that shot. And I thought Nick Honor kind of, you know, has proved that, that, you know, he can be a guy that takes the big shot for you, but nothing was really clicking for him. I mean, you can, you look at the line, he did have one of the better, more complete games, but still went three from nine from the three point line. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought Nick Honor was fine, but if anything, he, he kind of identifies that it's just, I mean, you don't have a guy right now. I mean, like you, you thought you maybe had it in East or like he showed that he could maybe be it against Minnesota when he, when he took over and hit that shot and then follows that up with, with six points. I mean, for me, the big, the big thing you look that, that pops up to me, at least on stats is the turnovers. I mean, they turned the ball eight over 18 times in Jackson Ugh. state more significantly turned that into 26 points on the other end. I mean, they were giving baskets away. Any team is going to be able to do that uh, or to, to beat you. If you keep doing that, didn't have a field goal in the final three minutes and 11 seconds of this game. Um, just no one, no one took over. They went on like a 10 0 run at one point in the second half, Jackson state fought and clawed their way back into it. And, and Missouri just couldn't deliver the knockout blow. They didn't really have a guy to deliver the knockout blow. I agree with Peyton that like, it's, it's probably time you just find your best eight or nine and, and stick with them. You know, or I don't know, you just tank and, and play the freshmen a lot and try and get them developed for when you have this class come in. I, I mean, it's a it's a damn shame Anar Botang was at this game. Uh that's another note. You know, they they put him on the jumbotron on the court and then he went out and watched this. I mean, this is a this is a lose recruits, lose um, you know, Moxie in the recruiting game is how is how bad and significant of a loss this is. I mean, that was the one thing I was hoping for. I didn't even need, like, an NCAA tournament team again. I mean, everyone should have just been hoping, all right, just tread water. Maybe you get in the NIT or something. Just don't bottom out. And, I mean, this – boy, oh, boy, they, if they have if they play like this um, most nights, I mean, they're going to lose a lot of games, a lot of games. I mean – the assist to turnover thing, especially, I mean, that's something Gates just harps on so much. Um, and, you know, early in the season last year, I mean, it was not this much of a struggle for them to kind of, yes, they were still gelling. They were still finding the right mix. But, I mean, I remember they started like the first five or six games last season. They had 20 assists like in each one of those games. I remember it was a big deal. That's just not happening this year. I mean, I uh, – it just, and maybe we should have seen this coming. I mean, because whether we like to wanted to admit it or not, Mizzou missed a lot of its targets in the transfer portal. They whiffed on Caden Shedrick. They whiffed on um, Matt Cleveland. They didn't even wind up getting Jimmy Bell in for a visit. They, they, it's it just, it really is. Kalel Ware. Yeah, Kalel Ware. I mean, they didn't wind up getting anywhere with him. It was just, they settled a lot in the portal and kind of hoped that the returners would work out. And, I mean, the the portal additions have just been largely bad. I mean, Bates and even Grill Today had, have had their moments. There's no difference maker in this group, and a lot of them have just been complete non-factors. Um, so 
I, I, it's a pretty eye-opening game, just needless to say, I think for everybody. It's it's obviously been a bigger um, you know setback this season and that we all have expected. And you mentioned that when we talked with Drew, uh, there were still some bright spots that we thought this team could turn around. And it, it does really just come down to that there is not that guy. And coming into the year, we knew that there wasn't a Kobe Brown, there wasn't a Demoy Hodge on this team that you're going to go to for those big buckets, big buckets, or just someone that just really commands the offense. Um, moving forward, I just I don't know who's going to step up and really just be someone who can take over games because it just really hasn't seen it that you know that way this year. We've seen some good stretches from Nick Honor, we've seen some good stretches from Sean East, but someone just has to be able to to do it on a day to day or day or game to game basis. Uh, yeah, I, you know. We can move on. We have good news to talk about uh, with football. But, yeah, I mean, you know, there was the, the – we talked about this with Benny. Like, there was the loss to Kansas. He said that was the best thing to happen to them. And, you know, maybe this game will turn out to be the case too, but it's a big difference between Kansas and, and 0-5 Jackson State. Like, it, Yeah, it's, I, I would push back on that pretty heavily. That If that was yeah. going to be the case this year, the Memphis game would have been that, when they just yeah. absolutely got bottled up in the second half of that game. This is not that. This is not – you can't spin this into anything, really. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm trying to have some sort of positive outlook. It's just, you know, I know it's a long season, but – I think it's going to be just that it's going to be a long season uh, and you just kind of have to hope that, you know, Dennis has earned, I guess I'll end it on this. I mean, Dennis has earned the benefit of the doubt for a lot of things. And I think, you know, if coming in, you had the outlook that this is going to be his worst year, you know, I, I have the um, belief that, you know, when he starts to really embed his freshmen, when he starts to embed this recruiting class, it's going to turn back around and he's going to, you know, kind of create some of the success we saw last year. But I didn't think it was going to be this downtrodden, like Peyton said. No, I agree with that. Um, I will say, I mean, the freshmen have all had moments this season. I mean, Trent Pierce only played precisely zero total minutes. I mean, he played like he played like 30 seconds. Um, I mean, Butler, you see, like, he can be a presence down there, but a lot of work to do offensively. He's got to get better on the boards which just seems to be the theme with a lot of big men right now. Um, Ant really does strike me as someone where, I mean, with time, he could turn into like an all SEC caliber guard. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about Ant Robinson. I I'm really liking what I'm seeing about him. Like it, 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 it's way more, it moves me way more to see a guy develop like that on the defensive end as a freshman, like that, that excites me a lot. And I, I know he had the game winner hit in his face. It was good defense. It was a better shot. Um, that guy got to his spot. Yeah, I mean, it was just it. It is what it is. And but the problem is, we're in an era where you can keep competitive teams going if you hit in the portal. And uh, they did not do that. It appears, and it's gonna just. It's just you gotta hope. I with the class coming in, I really don't think it'll be hard to just keep that nucleus together. Um, I would be surprised if Dennis is not working his tail off to keep them uh, the whole way, especially because like four of them signed or all of them signed already. All of them signed. Um, so they actually can't even get out of it. Um, but I, you just, it, it could hurt recruiting down the line if you have a year like this. And that's just what sucks. I want to throw one, one other thing about Anthony Robinson in there as well mm-hmm. is like, he did draw four fouls, but he, he was playing a pretty uh, high, I mean, high physical game for a freshman only what four 
four games into the season now. I mean, he looked pr- uh, pretty good out there, strong. And I know he had a couple turnovers as well, but um, I, I liked I, – we've talked about this with Benny as well, is that, you know, he does something maybe like a little mistake. It's a draws a foul. Tamar Bates, John Tanjay, a couple guys are, are straight to him. You know, they're like telling him, you know, that's okay. You know, it's something you're going to learn from or, you know, maybe the call didn't go your way. And I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of those guys on that, especially the guards, see him, you know, as a future starter in the SEC. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll end it on something I said midway through the Minnesota game when Peyton and I were watching Mizubi down by 20. I, I turned to him and I go, I never thought I'd say this, you know, or at least didn't think I'd say this for a really long time. At least the football team's good. Uh, and that's that's where I'll segue because uh, there's there's some wins. I mean, you know, we recapped the Florida game. Go check, go check that out. Um, but then very quickly, you know, I saw a lot of the um, journalists joking about, uh, you know, Eli, please let me sleep. Um, I know. Uh, yeah, I, I saw a lot of jokes about that because Eli Drinkwitz is not messing around. He turned a, a narrow win and a, an a exciting win against Florida that keeps Missouri's NY6 hopes alive into some flip miss. Merry flip miss. Kenny and Peyton holiday season is upon us. The most important one um, because Mizzou getting a flip from Taylor Chandler, an in-state product. He's from. I think it's Nevada, right? I struggled Nevada. with this my entire time in, in at Mizzou. So sorry to anyone listening from Nevada. I want to make sure I get that right. Um, Taylor Chandler, center from Nevada, Missouri. Kenny, um, I'll stop yapping because I know you're excited to talk about this guy. Yeah, I didn't know Taylor Chandler still followed me on Twitter. Uh, I saw the announcement today and went on there, and I didn't. I don't follow Taylor Chandler anymore. I, I wrote about some recruiting stuff last year. I uh, saw that, and I, I, I did some more research on Taylor, and I, I think I briefly spoke with him last year, if if I did at all, but. Um, when he committed to Colorado in February, the back of his mind, he didn't think there was an option at Missouri. And I, I learned this from his interview um, with Clint uh, Crossgrove, who Mizzou fans love at Rivals. Rivals and he, uh, in, the, in the conversation, he was like, when I committed to Colorado, I didn't think this was on the table. Mizzou was my dream school. That's where I wanted to be, close to home. I know people in the program, not just coaches, but players. You know, guys he's um, worked out with in the summer, played with um, in his youth. Um, he talked about Brady Cook as someone he's worked out with in the St. Louis area, which is pretty far from Nevada. Um, he grew up playing with Brett Norfleet. Ja'Kai Lang, who's a freshman on the defensive line, he knows well. Arma Membu, he's worked out with before, who's up in the Kansas City area. I mean, there's a lot of connections there. And he said in the conversation that he made his decision this past week after that uh, Tennessee game, comes back for his second visit um, at Florida, lets the guys know that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping here. And he had nothing bad to say um, about – Colorado at all. There was an opportunity there at Colorado and he's a fifth rank center uh, in the 2024 class. Uh, that's some, you know, that's a, a big pickup for Mizzou kind of looking down the road about where that offensive line could shape out in two to three seasons. Uh, but at the same time, he just, he had nothing bad to hang his hat on about Colorado. It was just Mizzou was the school he always wanted to go to close to home. So many opportunities there he even has siblings that live in Columbia. So it's just a homecoming and you talk about coming home. Uh, that's, that's uh, Columbia is that for him. Yeah, nice. Um, and how about it? Stealing a stealing a little guy from from Coach Brian. Still, you know, taking. Do that, you believe now? <laughs> there was a insane Photoshop that it was just like it was well done of Drinkwitz just like fully replaced Coach Prime in the cowboy hat, like running on the field. And I was like, this is almost this is like scary good of how like how they got the proportions all right. But yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about this flip this season. This is the kind of thing that's going to happen, uh, you know, especially for these in-state products. You, uh, we've been talking extensively about how we want to see Mizzou 
um, improve uh, improve you know their ranking amongst the the rest of these SEC East schools, especially. And where they stand now in the SEC, according to Rivals, Tigers moved up to 13th, uh, passing Mississippi State. And ah. uh, we know that they, they did fall um, with the decommitment of Peyton. Help me with this one. Uh, who is the latest decommitment for the Tigers? Cam Dooley. Cam Dooley's oh, yeah, decommitment Cam pushed them back. But it's also interesting when you look at it that the Tigers have the smallest recruiting class at the moment at 15. Uh, the next ones are 16 from South Carolina, Mississippi State. The more guys you get pushed in there, the more it can fluctuate with that average star ranking. Right now it's at 3.33, according to uh, rivals. And they're in the, the 40 range now uh, amongst all teams. Uh, it's kind of, you know, keep taking that step forward. And we've talked about the flip miss season is around right now. And almost the rage recruiting that we joked about kind of going after some of these guys that they missed on because they put a lot of focus into Ryan Wingo. I have a theory on uh, maybe the smaller high school class size. Cause I, this was before um, Chandler committed. I did see on Twitter that Mizzou by rate, if you just go by rating in like of the recruits, they have their 22nd in the nation. They're getting good quality players. Um, and I still, I mean, they're going to add more Courtney Crutchfield still appears to be a Mizzou lean. Nobody's changed their crystal balls there. They just had another Arkansas four star on campus, Ashton uh, Bethel Davis um Jared Senzabal we don't know what's going on with him although it does seem like he's a 10 ceiling I do think that Mizzou is likely with a smaller class going to focus pretty heavily on the portal um there's going to be some holes that need plugging especially on the defensive side of the ball because you just have it's a good problem to have you have a lot of guys that are going to go pro both the corners are likely to go pro Carly's I don't believe or Charleston they both may not be able to come back um some D linemen are going to be gone. Darius, I mean, he's going to be a high draft pick. Uh, Mizzou's going to lose Cody Schrader. There's a chance they lose Theo Weiss. So, going to be a lot of movement on that O line. Delgado, or, uh, yeah, Delgado and uh, Javon Foster, I believe, both are out of eligibility. Or Javon Foster is just going pro. Um, so, I would expect Mizzou maybe the reason you're not seeing such a highly like so many high school recruits um, as maybe you're used to under Drinkwitz, probably because Mizzou is going to have to hit the portal hard. Yeah. Good theory. Um, but it is, it is still nice to get these flip miss things. And I think more importantly for drinking, you know, being an in-state guy, I mean, that's something he said for years that, that they want to lock down um, the borders. Yeah. Lock down the borders. They gotta, you know, they, they want to, they want to get all the in-state Mizzou kids. So uh, yeah. Taylor Chandler going to be a tiger took him from coach brown um other stuff peyton i'll let you decide if you want to do this now or on friday because we can do a little speculating because we we obviously recording this on sunday we don't have the college football playoff ranking yet because that comes out on tuesdays but mizzou is 10th which actually for them was moving up for the ap poll um they jumped up a spot they're 10th in the ap and coaches poll um Peyton for bowl games obviously the NY6 hope is still there they got to get through Arkansas of course but if if you guys want to give your take just on them being 10th I don't think anyone was all that surprised that's where they were but bowl game I know you've been already looking um you know is it still kind of the same old you know cotton peach bowl NY6 territory CBS has Mizzou uh peach against um Penn State uh both ESPN guys had Mizzou playing Tulane in the Peach, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so still largely on three did not have Mizzou in a New Year's Six. They had Oklahoma subbed in there. 
There is a little bit of a wrench thrown in with the conference title games, especially since Florida State lost Jordan Travis. If Louisville was to beat them, that's likely two teams from the ACC that are, or both teams would likely be in the New Year's Six anyways, but it would take Florida State out of the playoff. Um, Then there's Oklahoma floating around. They could make the Big 12 title game. I still think it's very, very, very unlikely, if I understand the way the bowl games work, um, that if Mizzou wins against Arkansas, they'll be in – they'll be in any danger of losing a new year's six. Um, you got to see where the CFP has them. I don't, I really doubt Mizzou is penalized for having a close game against Florida. They may fall below Louisville, but that really is irrelevant to Mizzou. Anyways, they need to stay in front of Penn state and Ole Miss, especially. So I think Mizzou will be fine. Um, so I would not stress about the bowl situation right now. And you should back yourself, by the way. You know about the bull structure. We trust you. I, trust I, you. Sometimes I don't know if I under – it's kind of tangled the way they I don't, do these bowls. I don't think we can blame you for getting anything wrong with the NCAA deciding bowl games. They are pretty off the rails sometimes. Kenny, you got anything on the rankings? Uh, I'll mention one thing about the Tigers being in the top 10 for AP. This is the first time since 2013 at the end of the season when Missouri – finished in the top 10 uh pretty cool to see uh, i mean it's been 10 years um since that's happened and big turnaround season and i saw a good meme on x uh, earlier that um mizzou football is good at what cost mizzou basketball being bad and um that's kind of what the season we're, we're going to see this year almost like a flip of what last year was good point full circle um <laughs> You can't have both, Peyton. We've been fans of this program for long enough. We understand this. Um, This is the dance we have to do. Um, News. We have other news, too. I know we talked about this because it got announced that it was going to happen. I think it got delayed, right? This uh, this stadium stuff was supposed to come out, I think, on the 6th of November, but we got it over the weekend. Um, So this comes from news we get to announce. Also, it's fun because it's uh, from friend of the show, Moon Choi, of course, um, as a part of this release. But from what I understand it, uh, you know, they, the Board of Curators has passed a resolution for Mizzou football to renovate more of Memorial Stadium. I know we had the south end zone that had, like, just got done in 2019 um, when we arrived on campus. And now they're shifting, from what I understand, Kenny and Peyton, to the north end zone. They're going to do stuff um, there and then just fan amenities and some new, like, concourse stuff. Is there anything more specific than that that I missed? They said in there that there will be a new video board and a new speaker system in 2024, which is good because the speaker system is especially it's garbage. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, this is exciting stuff. Actually. Um, I, I was, I honestly, I misunderstood the original announcement. I thought this was maybe going to be an announcement for all sports. I still think that is planned. I'd have to go back and look, but no, yeah, because they um, said something about that. It was they were going to improve like some non-rev like yeah. arenas as well. Yeah, and I, that's obviously important as well. But no, this needs to take precedent. I mean, the we'll know when the what it's supposed to look like in uh, April. Uh, hopefully, there's a good, good like new seating extension or something. I don't know. I'm not an architect, but. Um, it's exciting stuff. Um, they're gonna paint them all black again. They're gonna yeah. paint the hill black. They're gonna paint the bleachers black. Um, 
but no, it's hot cool. as hell. You you yeah. You you want to see uh, Mizzou continue to improve in that stuff. The block the rock M rather is not going anywhere, so people can calm down about that. I know a lot of Mizzou fans were a little bit excited about the the release because they wanted to see some renderings, and I think I was a little bit excited excited mm-hmm. about that too. Uh, this video board, the current one, was installed in two thousand nine. Great thing to see, and Drinkwitz talked about it a lot last year. Being an SEC program, you want to compete with what the other teams are doing, what other programs have. Memorial Stadium is never going to be an SEC size stadium. It's just what they've done in the north and south end zone. They're not going to go all the way around and make a full bowl like how some of the big top dogs will have, and that's okay. Um, that's perfectly okay. But to just further the, the advancement of technology of these stadiums is, is a great thing too. And he even talked about other parts of the program from the lights on the practice field to the new indoor. Um, these are great steps forward for Mizzou, not just for fans, but also just the future of the program and reeling in some of the top talents and giving them the best experience as they continue their football careers. I think they have a way to make it like the top dogs. You need to do what everyone wants, what the people want to see and make the mega rock. I want the rock that you can see from space. Everyone was saying, oh, we don't have renderings. We don't have renderings. I saw some renderings of the hill just over enveloping Stadium Boulevard behind the north end zone. I That's what I want. I want the Mega Rock M. Um, that reminded me, too, of they were making jokes on the broadcast of like, wow, people sit on the rocks. Like, that's got to be uncomfortable, not premium seating, um, which kind of annoyed me. But it was also funny. But, yeah. The hill, the hill in general is kind of – it's not comfortable. It's not. It's not the most comfortable I'll, place to watch. I'll say it. Yeah, I'll say it. I mean, it's tradition, though. You can't get rid of the rock M. I totally agree. But yeah, it's not the most comfortable. That's fair. But yeah, so you know, we'll keep an eye on that. And yeah, I am curious to see like with the non-rev stuffs too, because like that can be improved. Like Hearns, I know it's got a lot of historical significance, but. but- it's, uh, the it's, tennis I mean, center, from what I understand, is like unusable. So yeah, it's that it's should not probably very good. be on the agenda. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about you know the baseball um, and trying to improve stuff there. I know softball got the got the new stadium, which is great. It's super fun to watch games there. So hopefully, all those other sports like because this. Oh my god, the soccer field too. Don't even get me started. Um, that needs that needs some some looking at as well. But yeah, we'll keep an eye out on uh, on all that stuff. Um, and then last thing, shifting back, I guess I could have done this in a, a little bit of different or no, I have two more things because Kenny, I'll let you go through this because um, I, I, to be honest, didn't know this was a thing. Um, you sent us a list of all of the assistants at Mizzou because they release all their salary information. And there's an interesting uh, name toward the bottom of that list, perhaps worryingly for his future, given the good he's done for this program. Yeah, I was pretty interested in just seeing this right when I saw the link, I had to click on it because you don't really always know the football assistant coach coaching salaries in college football ever. Um, You talk about last season, Drinkwitz put precedent into funding, you know, more of the staff, keeping these guys around. Don't let them get away because another program will throw more money at them, offer them a better opportunity. Blake Baker one of the primary guys who saw that last year with his extension after such a great season in his first year as the DC for the Tigers, uh, 1.4 million is his, is his uh, total pay. Um, (laughs) The the breakdown is that I thought this was interesting as well, is that the assistant coach total pay pool for Missouri is 5.85 million. Uh, Drinkwitz is at 6 million. And uh, that's for for the full uh, season is how I'm interpreting it. But I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty strong thing that, that his, you know, he is putting his assistant coaches first. 
Um, you kind of look at some of the breakdowns. Some of those numbers are close, but then you look at Tennessee where it's 9 million to nearly seven. Uh, it's just, it, it varies. So Blake Baker, of course, is atop that list. Next one up, of course, is Kirby Moore, the offensive coordinator at 850. Uh, following that, Curtis Looper and Brandon Jones, both at 575. Curtis Looper, the running backs coach, also works with a lot of the returners. Brandon Jones came over from the University of Houston, uh, who Peyton, Peyton, Peyton told me that uh, wasn't actually with the University of Houston when he was hired, but that's where he previously coached. Uh, he is also at 575, working really well with those offensive linemen this year. And another thing that uh, that we that um, excuse me that uh, Chandler Taylor Chandler pointed out is, you know, how good Jones has been with these guys. And that, I mean, that's been one of his contacts. And uh, Jones hasn't even been around for that long yet. Uh, DJ Smith, uh, linebackers coach and co-defensive coordinator, is at uh, 550. Uh, following him, Eric Link, uh, special teams coordinator, tight ends coach, assistant coach, 450,000. Uh, Kevin Peoples, uh, exterior defensive line, uh, up for an award this season as well. Or not up for, but on the watch list. He's, He's at 400,000. Uh, Jacob Peeler, uh, this is the one that really stood out to me, is at 375000 And that's an interesting one for me because there's always there's been some rumors before floating around about Ole Miss or going back to Ole Miss or going to Auburn, Auburn. joining Q Freeze and maybe even stepping up in, in a role that's more prominent than just being the, the wide receivers coach. And we know the history of Jacob Peeler as well, um, the guys he's gotten to the league. But at the same time, um, you got to maybe start to think about you know, if, is there going to be another program out there that gives him a better opportunity and pays him a little bit better? Uh, rounding out this list, Al Poe, cornerbacks coach at 350. Al Davis, interior defensive line at 325. Well, Al Davis makes enough as the Raiders owner, so he doesn't – he can take a pay cut to coach Mizzou's defense. Sorry, that was a low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I don't know. That Peeler thing stands out to me. Um, and the only other thing is, like, it just makes me laugh when you were like, Oh yeah, Blake Baker. His salary is one point three million dollars. Like, what other thing can you ever say that about a person? Like that, you know, it's normally like a taboo question. You know, don't ask someone how much they make, but it's all public when you coach football. Um, but yeah, that is that is a cool thing to point out because I totally didn't know about that. So um, you know, you can see all of that information as every team it looks like in FBS. Um, so yeah, you can compare. Um, back to recruiting. I could have done this earlier, I guess, with Flip Miss, but uh. We had a drink with spotting. Uh, he was at the Rockhurst Nixa game. That was just a little. Uh, that was just a little sidebar. Um, Aaron Ladd uh, TV posted that. Um, very nice guy. Works out in Kansas City. Jackson Cantwell um, is the guy he was there to see. Oldest yes, player. he's a, he's a five star, isn't he? He is like one of the best recruits in the nation in twenty twenty five. So. Getting in on the ground floor, you know, you said you might focus on the transfer portal, but another in-state guy in Cantwell to maybe keep an eye on for Mr. Drinkwitz. Uh, and with that, boys, I think that's all the Mizzou news um, we got. I think we did this in the right order. I'm feeling a lot better now going into quick hits with the rest of the show. After we got we got the bat out of the way, Jackson State came out of the way. That was that was tough, but yeah. With that, um, we will segue and do quick hits to finish the show. Okay, quick hits time. And it's that time. Kenny, take it away for Ken's Sports Shorts. I want you to make an edit or something of like, you know, like a game show type. Yeah, game show type jingle. Well, maybe I'll get that in the works, but take it away. All right. uh, This week, uh, I have a different little game for you guys. Uh, You guys get five total. So you're going to go back and forth. Five numbers. It's not a player this time. Uh, This is a question of how many people have played 
assisted in a been an assistant or coached with so it's it's either a player assistant or coach been involved with norm stewart in his career at the university of missouri and you guys will take the oh number God. that you give me and i will tell you higher or lower you get five total together Oh, this is I thought this was going to be like a back and forth of me and Paige just had to like name Norm Stewart players until we ran out, which I, that would be tough because that's this is a long time. But so played, coached with, or was just part of his staff? Yes. I assume this doesn't include like random GAs because they probably don't like. I bet it does. Honestly, I bet it does. Where did you get this list from? So this list uh, comes from the MU archives. Uh, on okay. Missouri EDU, so, so it's a it part might. of their it's a part of their Tiger trivia uh, handout. Oh, so you have a template, do you? Now I know what I'm going to go look at after this is done. Um, I'm just kidding. So we give you a number of how many we think, Peyton. I'll let you go first. Great, thanks. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, okay, Pete. I have no. He coached at Mizzou for no joke, like forty want, something, forty years. Do you want to know how many games he coached? Yeah, I would. Okay, like to Norm Stewart coached 1,106 games. <gasps> According to this, uh, I think the last time this was updated was in 2017. But uh, well, when he hasn't when coached it was, since. <laughs> I know, but I'm talking. It's this next part um, is why, and so it's 28 other coaches in NCAA history have coached more. I don't know if that number has changed uh, with Coach K, or even Coach K was uh, affected by it. But um, that's where it is right now. Uh, 1,106, and that's the final number as well. Okay, let's say you play about 30 games a year, okay? So that's around, like, almost four decades of games, uh, I would say. So he coached 30-something years. Let's see, you get about five assistants on a staff, let's say. I'm just going a very rough estimate right now. Like, let's say, let's go 10 assistants, okay? 13 players, it's 23. 23 times... Like 30-something. Am I allowed to break out a calculator? Oh, I'm using my calculator right it's now. It's 690 is that number. That 690. Thinking. I will go oh, wait, a little, little over. Up. Go a little over that. I'm going to say 900. Higher. Oh, my God. Jack. 1,215. Lower. Okay, we're in the ballpark, Nolan. This is big. <laughs> we have five total, right? So we've used two guesses? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say, so you said 1,215 lower. Obviously, we got to go higher than 900. Kind of go like towards the middle, 1,050. Higher. Okay. 1,138. Lower. Damn it. Wow, we're like within a hundred at this yeah, point. Yeah, though. we're we're close. Okay. We have what? One thousand more guests? Yeah, this is the last one. Last so guess. come on, Peyton. It's under one thousand one hundred thirty-eight. I'm gonna say yep. it's not in the one thousand one hundreds. Yeah, I think it's, it's got maybe it's like one thousand ninety-nine, like a weird number. One thousand like and ninety-seven players slash coaches slash GAs. That is incorrect, but Jack, you scared me there for a second. I <gasps> thought you looked it up. You were very close. Um, 
1,127 people have played oh, it. Oh my God, you're within nine. Coach Stewart as a player, assistant, and coach. Uh, pretty wow. incredible. There you go. That is a there lot of people to meet. Yeah, Do you think he remembers them all? I think about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a, a scary amount of like coaches. I that think have there's been there a zero percent chance that he remembers them. All. Yeah. Like I've been like, obviously I, I work like Kenny disclosed, like I work a little bit with Alabama now. And like, I think about that with Saban. I'm like, there's definitely people on football rosters that Saban has no idea he coached. You might like, not they know come some up... of the guys on his staff or on his team. Right. Now. Right. They'd come up to him and be like, coach Saban. And he'd be like, Oh, hey, how, how you doing? How's it going guys? <laughs> It is, it is well. funny. There's an old video of, of a, a little walk-on going up to Jalen Hurts or, and saying, you know, QB1. And then he's like, who are you kind of thing. Oh. Like, you know, it's just – I mean, there's guys on the team you just don't know well. you um, got to befriend them. That's what I would have done. I'm going to correct myself on this number. So it's 1,127 players that played at MU involving Norm Stewart. Norm Stewart as a player – an assistant <laughs> and a coach. So, I mean, it was, it was all the trifecta of Norm Stewart. Um, so they mean Peyton, you going to that 900 mark was a uh, pretty brilliant um, to start it off. Yeah, that uh, was so good math. On that. I'm not going to lie. I kind of tuned him out and I was like, whatever number Peyton says at the end of this, I'm just going to go up from there. If we're whatever higher or lower from there. Sorry, Peyton, but good job on the math. Okay. You did good on that. Okay. Yeah, nice. uh, that's it for Ken sports shorts this week. Uh, getting back into best beats of the week. This is where we stand. Peyton, you were in first place at 22 and 15. Your Akron, we mentioned this bit, uh, beat last week. Akron, um, under four wins on the season, hit. Uh, your Georgia State versus LSU be, uh, bet also hit, even though Georgia State kept the game close to start. Jack, you're a sicko. You're 21 and 15. And then Akron versus Coming Eastern for you, Michigan Peyton. sucked because Eastern Michigan only won by three and not more than four and a half. So, uh we should keep track next next year when we do this. Let's do a uh, a um, a bad beats like tracker. We just have a list of the games that screwed Close us like ones. that. Yeah, sorry about that, uh, Kenny. So that's where we stand in that. Uh, don't look back on how I started off in best beats. I was eleven and one at one point. Um, Were you really? Well. Yes. Oh, I was. Until we got into real sports, I was betting on some crazy stuff, surfing and ping pong. I was going yeah. off the rails. Um, I'm not going to go off the rails with this one. I continue Dennis. to kind of look at some lines for games that involved Mizzou this season. And here's another one. Memphis having a great year at eight and three at the moment, um, looking for this ninth win in the, in the last weekend. Uh, they're, Memphis is favored by 10 points on the road against Temple. Temple not having a great year on the opposite end at three and eight. Uh, opportunity year for Memphis to get a nine win season. Played a close game against SMU this past weekend. Uh, Memphis, uh, close game against the Tigers. Uh, in in some sense, they they've fought for it, but um, this is a a good opportunity for Memphis and myself to win. Please, please help me win. Quality <laughs> non-con for Mizzou. My best beat I, of the I'm week. Hacking. The Owls suck. Sorry, yeah, I'm Temple's horrible. I I feel good about this one for you, Kenny. Yeah, well, I'm going well. Alabama over Auburn. We touched on this earlier uh, oh. off air. Um, this is going to be a bloodbath. I mean, Auburn just got absolutely not just beat. I mean, killed by Jerry Kill and the New, New uh, Mexico State Aggies. Uh, Jerry Kill had an h- awesome quote after the game. He said, I'm not going to live much longer. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but what the hell? Uh, Auburn paid us $1.7 million to, to come and play this game. The, 
Yeah, he, he dropped the, the he said, Yeah, he told it. He told his locker room that the the players joked, "When are we going to get some of that?" Um, that is, I mean, Gary. What Gary Kill has done at New Mexico State, not even just this year, last year. I mean, they were the team Mizzou played, and obviously Mizzou beat them, but um, because Mizzou's a real SEC program, Auburn's fake. Uh, I mean, it's like nothing short of a miracle. I mean, this is a program that had been to one bowl game since the 60s before Jerry Kill took over last year, and they are in the Conference USA title game this year. Um, That is just a remarkable turnaround. Um, But getting back to the beat, yeah, Alabama is way better than Auburn. They are going – I don't care. You can play this game wherever you want. Alabama will win by more than 14. I know I'm biased because I've had a microscope lens on them for a while, but this Alabama team is really good. They are better than their number eight ranking. Um, the CFP messed up by putting Texas and Oregon ahead of them, and it's they're in a tricky spot with Texas, but, yeah, they're, they're a good team. They're peaking at the right time. I think Auburn should play this game at New Mexico State. Um, I think it would fuel them because Diego Pavia owns Auburn, and uh, if you look at really it, using the list – he really likes using the bathroom. Look at check out our SEC tier list on X. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, a Florida fan did reply to it and say, uh, "How do we keep losing games like this?" And it's like, literally, you're replying to a Mizzou account, and I don't think you know what Mizzou has been through the last five years. So, shop, Jack. Shop. Yeah, Diego Pavia really likes uh, using the bathroom. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet here, fellas. You guys know the drill for my best beat of the week. Um, I it was close. Last time with Iowa and Illinois, it was, it came down. It was 28. Um, I think I got the line at 30 and a half um, and I will stay the course. Iowa has booked its place in the big 10 championship game, which means I am guaranteed three more sicko bets here for this uh, here for this year. Cause I got the big 10 championship game and their bowl game. And of course this week when they go on the road for their trophy game against Nebraska, the over under is 27 and a half Nebraska. Did score a decent amount of points against Wisconsin on the road. That game went to overtime. They will not do the same against the newly crowned Big Ten West champions. Give me the under in this. I said I said this last week. Uh, I am starting my own separate record keeping off this. I'm not counting this one. Wow, you're asterisking this. What do you? I thought we banned you from this. I thought this was you were banned. That was not unanimously decided. Okay, here's here's a new thing. Nope. I got not banned. Not banned. If this doesn't hit, you're you're banned, and you can't. Okay, do it you anymore. can never. Not just this. You ever can never again. bet on Iowa again, ever. That's not ever fair. Again. One bet a year. Okay, this is five weeks in a row. One no, bet a year. I'm, no, I'm putting my foot down. You guys are just pissed because I have again. a strategy. It's Kenny's a mad because he started 11 and 0. You're mad because I'm coming for your title. You guys are just both mad. mad. You're both haters. <laughs> look at this. You're disrespecting all the gremlins out there that we do for NFL. I don't need to be scared of you, okay? One game Eventually, a year. The Iowa games are going are, are gonna to run out. Yeah, and then I'll do it again next year. And you know what? I'll agree to it, but one game a year. I get to do one game a year, not none. Fine, one game a year. I'm right, still it's not going to matter. This one, but it's hit. not going to matter because it's going to hit. So you guys are all I, haters. Where is this I, game? This it's is in Nebraska. In Nebraska. <laughs> it doesn't matter where it is. I hate the Big Ten. In the Stupid. sick, sick Big Ten. I don't know you how guys are just haters to all the gremlins out there. I don't. I was raised a Big Ten kid, and then I w- uh, went to Mizzou and realized that was silly. 
I was also raised a Big Ten kid. I also um have not watched. I don't think a second of any of. These I have games. not. I have I not watched one iota of Iowa, Iowa football. I can't do it. I would. Be I did watch an entire angry. Iowa football game, and the under the under hit in that game. The team I was rooting for also lost. I just whatever. I can't do it. Give me the under. We need to ban you at some point. Okay, You're, dirty birds. You guys are haters. Dirty birds of the weekend. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals back in here. Offseason is in full swing. And Aaron Nola, who looked like a prized target for the Cardinals, is signing, is re-signed with the Phillies. Got his extension. Seven-year deal worth $172 million. One of the best Phillies pitchers of all time. And I sometimes I think he's a little bit underrated in that sense. But um, he's had a great career in Philly. And he could finish as one of the, the best Phillies of all time um, to many. And it, it kind of sucks that maybe uh, that the Cardinals missed out on him, but maybe Sonny Gray is interested in the gateway to the Midwest. Uh, another guy out there that the Cardinals could be interested in. 34 year old. Great. That ought to fix it. Um, yeah. The Cardinals suck. Uh, suck? I, my dirty bird of the weekend. I'm going with the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals took on the Texans this weekend. Kenny was at this game actually. And uh, he, they did not, win they uh forced three interceptions did not win yeah cj stroud threw three interceptions he entered the game with only two um had some real regression to the mean today um but still i mean they couldn't get it done 21 16 texans are a sleeper playoff team here man yeah they're fun kenny i forgot you were at this game how was it it was great. I uh, went with my good old pal, Zach Hernandez, who's been on the program before. Um, enjoyed some Probably $30, yeah, a $30 meal. Um, and that's just what it was. But great seats. Did you get uh, hot I dogs? Really I'd not get a hot dog. I got a Philly cheesesteak. I guess it's, I guess it's a um, Billy. Or the, no, not a bit. What? That's a baseball thing, I guess. Baseball thing. A Billy goat uh, when it comes to hot dogs. Uh, it's a bad day to be a hot dog. If anyone wants to challenge me to a hot dog eating contest out there, we can do one on a live stream. You're going to lose. That's not a good idea at all. Yeah, you guys my stomach hurt. my stomach hurts. Oh, my stomach hurts. No, so it was, too hot it was a great game. Uh, defense played well. Uh, Christian Harris, unbelievable in that second half. Uh, keep your eyes out on the Texans. I'm really sad for uh, – I had C.J. Stroud. I picked him up during uh, – I had Joe Burrow on a fantasy team, and I picked C.J. Stroud up when he was on bye, dropped him, and now Joe Burrow is out for the season, and I no longer have C.J. Stroud. So, congrats to him, though, Kenny. He's he's a home, been a home run draft pick. You saw him get drafted. So did you. You did too. We're all there. <laughs> yeah, but it's your team. <laughs> all right, whatever. Um, my dirty bird of the weekend goes to the Cardinals. Uh, the Louisville Cardinals. That is, it's a trifecta of Cardinals on the dirty birds here. Um, they lost in the uh, Empire Classic semifinal game to. Texas and none other than 37 year old and somehow still in college Max A. Smith um, of course a lot of people remember him from Oral Roberts he was there uh, had the the run as the 15 seed when they beat Ohio State in 2021 he's still in college um, he had a, a crazy dagger shot for Texas where he is now to beat Louisville um, it, it's a little harsh to do to Louisville their uh, men's basketball program is really bad and they were they were right in this game um, but hey, at least they didn't lose to Jackson State, so you know, but still Poor dirty Kenny birds, Kane. yeah. But Max Aismith still in college basketball, yeah. one of those names. Um, okay, next up is that time. Uh oh, 
Uh-oh. It's, uh-oh. Kenny. What time is it, Kenny? What it's time is it, Broadway. Broadway. We're here for the NFL Broadway Kings. Weighing in the fifth corner are the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell. Who are we? The Command Frauds. Has a lot of passing yards on the season. But you know what he doesn't have? A lot of Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito <laughs> comes into this game hearing all the trash talk from you Italian haters hey, and throws Tommy for DeVito, 246 yards the and are three touchdowns. More like Tommy DeVito, the command frauds. Oh. <laughs> Coming in at fourth in the fraud rankings this week, and this team even won. The Miami Dolphins. We know they Dolph can't fraud. play on the big stage. Can't play when the lights are bright. Can't play against... Aiden O'Connell in the Las Vegas Raiders picked him off three times, but only one by a touchdown. Two and tackle by Loa. Did anyone go to your birthday party? I don't know. Nice haircut, buddy. Coming in at third, and this one's an easy one. It's easy pickets. Coming in at third on the fraud rankings is Kenny Pickett. Great name, by the way, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's going on in Pittsburgh? Taking on the Cleveland Browns. Shout out Jack Knowlton for that DTR pick. Also shout out DTR for throwing a pick. 13 to 10, the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming in at number two, and this is a sad one. We don't like to talk about injuries in this sense. But the Bengals are frauds. The season is over. Joe Burrow, unfortunately, out for the remainder of the season. Only at 101 yards and a touchdown in this loss. 34 to 20. Baltimore. Go Huskies. Running away with the division. Jim McCarron. And coming in at number one in the fraud rankings. We're going to throw it over to Jack Knowlton to talk about his Seattle Seahawks. Oh, Jack, I'm over here with Mr. Pete Carroll. Pete, what are your thoughts on the game? We played really bad today. We're fraud. Sean McVay owns my stupid franchise, and we can't not have a penalty club. This game was terrible. The Seahawks are fraudulent. But at least Drew Locke played, guys. Not well. Yeah, he threw a pick. Frog. Normally we did it through all the way to the music. I forgot to pause. Thank you to Pete Carroll for coming on the show. Yeah. Good frog. That was not Pete Carroll for legal reasons. <laughs> uh, ratio slash joke slash community note of the weekend. I had a couple submissions for ratio of the week. And wish of the weekend. Uh, these two come from our friends, Jack Sel- Jock Selbel and Justin Bear, who've Jock's been on the floor. Um, Brett Sarver. What? Uh, wouldn't say he's a friend of ours, but we know he's he's a, a great figure uh, in the Mizzou world. Someone was going after Brett Sarver, making fun of him. And, of course, Mizzou Mafia, Mizzou Twitter, backed Brett Sarver up and ratioed this guy named Hywell Dida was my granddad, grandpappy. Um, that's a stupid name. And don't make fun of Brett Sarver. He's a nice guy. And, of course, someone did reply, I am Brett Sarver. Always a good response. This one comes from Justin Bear, who also sponsors um, this segment for us. Uh, Mark Luino, who is Giraffe Neck Mark. If you're a baseball fan, you know Giraffe Neck Mark. Uh, If you're a baseball fan that uses YouTube, of course. Justin Herbert loses again. How long are we going to keep holding up uh, on the most talented loser in the NFL? And slasher on x replied can he play defense and it happened again this week for justin herbert of because it is his fault 
that his wide receivers can't catch a ball that hits them in their own hands. That was really bad. Keenan Allen, that one catch in the end zone. That's think, the Packers. I think Packers Quentin Johnston may be the fastest player I think everybody just unanimously agrees is just horrible. Like a bust. bust. Like, bust. like he's, ho- he's really bad. I was a big Quentin Johnston fan, I remember, before the draft and – I was very brainwashed by the TCU Linsanity run. Also, going back to that first person's name, um, I'll give you guys a thousand dollars if you can tell me who High Will Dita is. I've looked it up. I have it's no a real idea. person. No, no idea. High Will Dita, which translates to Howell the Good in English, was a Welsh king who ruled southern Welsh kingdom of Deherbarth and eventually came to rule most of Wales. That's who that is. And now Wales doesn't exist. So for legal reasons, that's not true. <laughs> I don't really understand the geopolitics of the UK. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, you know, that's not what we're that's not what we're about on this podcast. Um, all right, we'll end the show with that on that note, Welsh Kings and all. Um, forgot to mention with basketball, men's basketball, we have um South Carolina State, Mizzou's playing on Wednesday. You can watch that on SEC Network Plus. It's on 6 p.m. Um, we're not going to have a recap uh, of that for Thursday's show because we're going to record Thursday's show on Wednesday before the Sac, uh, Sac State. It's not Sacramento State. I keep messing that up. Before the South Carolina State game, we're doing the Thursday show on Wednesday midday um, because happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, we aren't going to do a show uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, we will have a recap, though, on Black Friday of Mizzou, Arkansas, after that game is done, uh, well, might be me and Peyton. Kenny might be in here. Um, so, st- you know, TBD on all of that. But we will have a great show for you guys coming out um, on Friday uh, to look at that game. Maybe we'll even drop. Actually, we didn't. I didn't talk about this. Should we drop it early for the people? A little Thanksgiving show. Maybe people can listen to the rest of it or listen to it after they drink, after they eat their uh, Thanksgiving feast. Because we'll have it all recorded. No? Peyton's shaking his head no. It's got to go no, early. Mizzou plays on Friday yeah. this week. Yeah, hey, yeah on, we, we got to release it on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Why were you shaking your head then? I was shaking my head, yes. Go to the YouTube. He's a liar. Okay, so we'll drop the show on Thursday for you guys. So after you finish your turkey and uh, you need something to do after all the NFL's done, you can listen to the show. We'll, pre- we'll have uh, all the preview. Have some great guests. Um, Kenny talked about what Barry might have been Sternberg back on to um, – to get his take on Mizzou men's basketball. But yeah, that's the schedule going forward. But until then, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your Black Friday shopping. If you're into that, I'm not. I like to sleep. Um, And yeah, we'll have all the preview for Arkansas and then the recap after that game is done. So until then, this has been the episode. Bet online and see everybody on Friday.